Thanks for tuning in to the Flowbird Transport podcast, where industry leaders talk about the trends, technologies, and influences shaping the convergence of public and private transport. Our special guest today is Mike Sussman, Head of Product Strategy at Flowbird, who will be taking us through the payments landscape in an increasingly diverse transportation sector. Most of us will be aware of the explosion of contactless payments in recent years, accelerated in part by the post-COVID environment. But as Mike will explain, this is not a uniform picture across the world. There are also some societal issues that need to be taken into account. Welcome, Mike. Thanks. It's great to be here. So before we dive into payments as they relate to mass and microtransit systems, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Flowbird. Yeah, sure. So good morning, everyone. I'm a chartered engineer with a diverse background over 30 plus years in industry, predominantly in safety and security related systems, covering all aspects from hardware to software development. I joined Flowbird about six years ago, um, and this was my first introduction to the transit and payments industry. I undertake a number of roles within Flowbird from solutions architect through to product manager for our account based ticketing solution and transit payments in the UK. My current role involves working alongside our sales team and customers, helping to define our product strategy and product requirements and innovation. There's a lot of focus on open payments in transit at the moment. Can you give us an overview of the different models for open payments transport operators can adopt? Initially, bus operators started looking at contactless and most chose the retail model or Model 1 as the initial introduction before moving to Model 2. Model 2 is where journey fares are aggregated, capped and then settled at the end of the operational day. Visa and MasterCard, along with UK Card Association, or now the UK Finance, introduced the transit rules for London, which have continued to evolve with other schemes also introducing their own versions. The urban mobility rules are now being deployed globally as transport operators introduce open loop, i.e. the use of bank cards for travel, and the schemes continue to evolve their rules to cater for the likes of mobility as a service. Can you tell me about how open payment systems are taking off both in the UK and globally? The introduction and adoption of open loop was growing slowly. The pandemic accelerated this, and we've certainly seen a rapid growth over the last two years, both in terms of adoption and usage. Whilst the number of countries it is now the norm to accept open loop, other countries are lagging behind both due to the lack of transit support by the acquirers or the transport operators staying on their current cash or prepaid ticket options. What have been the triggers for the accelerated open loop growth we've been seeing in recent years? The main drivers for this change was a combination of a push by the schemes to adopt open loop and the migration away from cash from both a cost and a security perspective. Although to save on cash handling costs, the operators would have to remove it completely from their network. There's been a lot of discussion about how to make open payments inclusive of all people in society. How can this be achieved? We still need to consider the unbanked and underbanked. So equipment such as self-service terminals and retail networks will still remain for the closed loop products, such as the Oyster card in London or the Smart Rider card in Perth, Australia. A number of transit agents are also looking at white label EMV cards to replace closed loop cards such as Desfire. These allow account based ticketing to operate similar to a closed loop system, but utilising the benefits and security of EMV acceptance devices and the security that comes with them. 
Which are the most prevalent payment methods? This very much varies by country. In the UK, we've seen open loop adoption by up to as high as 60%, excluding concessionary fares. Whereas in some European countries, for example, some of our French projects, open loop struggles to get into the 30% bracket. And what are the reasons for this regional variance, do you think? It's very much driven by the consumer and the demographics, as well as the communications by the operator around open payments. Some countries are behind, though, on the whole EMV contactless as well. For example, the US was still using MagStripe until a few years ago. The pandemic has certainly changed people's habits and the adoption of open loop will continue to grow. So what other payment methods are growing in addition to open payments? Digital wallets, for example, Google Wallet, on your mobile phone, are also growing, certainly with the younger generation, with more and more people using them for all transactions, whether that be retail or transit. Mike, for the sake of clarity, uh, now might be a good time to define exactly what we mean by open payments. Open payments is a subset of account-based ticketing where the passenger's token is their bank card. The passenger just presents their bank card whenever they travel and the back office system automatically calculates the fare based upon their journey, applies any fare capping and then charges the passenger's bank card at the end of the operational day. What are the main benefits of open payments for passengers? From a passenger's perspective, they don't need to work out which ticket to purchase or how often they will travel. For example, as the business rules we apply to the system will always offer the best fare based upon their travel. Another benefit of introducing open payments is that it reduces boarding time as passengers can just board, tap and sit, removing the time to purchase tickets. This improves the operational efficiency of buses in terms of scheduled adherence and customer satisfaction. What influence have the card schemes and transport operators themselves had on the adoption of open payments? The use of open payments has grown from both the push by the schemes and adoption by the transit authorities to utilise a card which the passenger already has. This reduces the number of smart cards and closed loop systems that the authority needs to manage, thereby reducing complexity and cost. The fact that it makes the passenger's journey simpler has also gone a long way to driving the growth in open payments. Alongside open payments, account-based ticketing is something that's widely talked about in transport sectors. What is ABT? This is where a passenger's account and any money owed or travel rights stored are held in a back office account, as opposed to held on the passenger's card as in a normal card-based system. As the passenger travels, their taps are received by the back office and constructed into journeys. The relevant fare for travel is calculated and any capping, whether that be daily, weekly or monthly, is then applied. Lothian buses, for example, started with daily capping and then introduced weekly capping at a later date to offer the best fare for the customer's travel. ABT on its own can utilise other cards as a travel token, whether that be closed-loop cards such as MyFair, Desfire or Calypso, or newer technologies such as white label EMV or even barcode. Additionally, an ABT system can also support pre-purchase products. When using an ABT system, then travel rights are purchased by the passenger and stored in the back office account in an e-purse. As the passenger travels, then the fare is debited from this purse in real time. How does an ABT system work with open payments? An open payment system is a subset of ABT that utilises an open loop bank card as the travel token and adheres to strict rules as applied by the schemes and banking industry. 
Unlike ABT, where the fare is debited from a purse, within open payments, the travel fare is accumulated during the day and then charged to the open loop card at the end of the day. So the passenger will see a single financial transaction on their card statement. Open payments has the advantage of the passenger not requiring to purchase or carry an additional card for travel, whilst also utilising the increased security of EMV as applies to all card transactions. So thinking about open payments ABT, what does the payment chain look like and how does Flowbird fit into this chain? Well, the scheme has defined the rules for open payments and they vary slightly between schemes. As a general rule, the first use of each day triggers an authorization or account check through the banking network to make sure the card and the account are valid for travel. At the end of the day, an authorization and settlement is performed to collect the money in the same way as when you purchase a coffee. The scheme rules also include specific rules for managing declined authorizations and preventing further travel until the account is back in good standing. Additionally, there are rules that allow for debt recovery when an authorization has been declined and the transit authority can't collect the money. These can be automatically performed by the back office or triggered by the passenger or the transit authority's customer support team. As well as providing the terminals that the passenger taps on and the associated account-based ticketing back office, Flowbird also manages the open payment scheme rules as part of their payments infrastructure. What's Flowbird's experience in payments? We've been working in the payment space for over 20 years, initially from an on-street parking perspective. Flowbird currently handles 350 million payment transactions per year across 4,000 different customers with over, over 25 acquirers. By utilising our own payments expertise and having strategic partnerships with the main scheme providers, it means we can innovate faster and provide a full solution to the transport authorities. Are there any other payment methods? Transit authorities need to consider a wide range of payment methods and ticketing options to cater for the underbanked and unbanked users. By utilising ABT through a closed loop card, whether that be barcode, smart card or white label EMV, the back office e-purse needs to be topped up for travel, either manually or automatically if linked to a bank card. Mobile devices are more commonplace now, especially with the younger generation. The mobile payment options such as Google Wallet are fully supported by open payments. However, they generate a separate token compared to the physical card token. So the same device should be used for all travel to benefit from capping. Flowbird's seen high usage of mobile payments when used within our deployed open payment solutions, and we believe this will grow over the coming years. We also fully support mobile devices, as well as providing a range of top-up methods from self-service machines, which can accept cash and card through to point-of-sale terminals in a transit authority's retail outlets, or through to online web portals. This range of options from physical car to mobile apps allows the passenger to choose how and when they travel based upon their own circumstances. I suppose the question here then is, uh, is customer choice in payments something that operators should be focused on? I believe it is, as no authority wants to exclude any passengers from travelling. The system must cater for all demographics and user base. Public transport is used by both those that need to use it in a city and those who have to use it because they don't have other means to travel to work. System must cater for all users, and this includes the concessionary travellers as well. 
public transport should be fully inclusive and available to all. When we discuss and deploy solutions, we cater for all demographics and user types. Examples of this are with Translink in Northern Ireland, where the self-service machines provide both cash, cash purchase of tickets and top-ups of smart card alongside open payments to ensure a fully inclusive solution. In transport circles, we hear a lot about multi-token capability. What is it and why is it becoming increasingly important for joined up transport networks? So multi-token capability applies to a system that allows a passenger to register for multiple tokens for use on their system, but all under a single account. For example, you may travel with your OpenLoop bank card for work or use a barcode on your mobile phone when using mobility as a service systems such as bike hire. And these can also include event tickets. In a similar fashion to different payment types, multiple token types provide the user with a choice to make it easy and simple for them. A common use is a single use tickets which could adopt paper based NFC cards or even barcodes, both paper and digital. Any transit solution needs to cater for multiple tokens for the different usage scenarios and provide the customer with a choice wherever possible to suit their preferences. Now, I see that Flowbird offers omni-channel payments to sit alongside multi-token capability. Can you explain how this works and what value it creates? Yeah, sure. So omni-channel is a means of taking payments using different service providers using the same payment method, i.e. a card or token. If you think of a passenger driving to a park and ride site and leaving their electric car to charge for the day, they may pay via their bank card for a fixed duration of a charge before boarding the bus. Then on the bus and during the day, they will tap their bank card and travel, knowing that they will be charged the best fare at the end of the day. On the way home, they may make a web purchase and they can have a consolidated view of all purchases at the end of the day. So Omnichannel is all about handling multiple different service providers and payment methods within the same ecosystem, while also providing a consolidated reporting view for the consumer and the transit operator. Flowbirds Up Payment Services sits alongside our on and off street parking solutions, our transport products, and more recently, our EV charging products, to ensure that we are aligned with the changes needed to help reduce congestion and CO2 emissions in cities and make travel simpler. As such, our own omni-channel solutions are enablers for advanced mass and smart mobility. So you've just mentioned mass and smart mobility. Can you explain how Flowbird payment services can help facilitate this shift in transport integration? Well, mobility as a service, or mass, has really grown in interest since the pandemic, certainly in the UK. Mass is all about making journeys simpler, but focusing on why you want to travel, for example, to go to a museum. Mass apps, which are typically mobile apps, provide all the information in a single app, from journey planning to event purchase and bike hire in one place. The apps provide the user with all of the information needed to plan and make their journey a simple one. Flowbird deployed their first mass app in Monaco last year, which covered parking, bus travel and bike hire, and it now includes museum and cinema ticket purchases to give the passenger everything they need within one app to make the planning simpler. The mass app can also provide combined offers to make it even simpler, for example, purchase a cinema ticket and include two bus tickets. So is Flowbird in a good position to facilitate mass apps for cities that want to connect their mobility and tourism services together? 
Through Flowbird's payment ecosystem, we can easily integrate payment to bike hire companies, ABT or open payment travel for the journey, and then the event ticket purchase. What benefits can MASS offer on a societal and environmental level? The other big driver for MASS will be to drive changes in travel behaviour through incentivization based upon usage. For example, by using bike hire and then bus, you might get points which can be redeemed in retail outlets. This will ultimately help promote healthy travel and move people away from car use in city centres to reduce congestion and CO2. Mass, I think, is going to really drive behaviour change and it's behaviour change through incentivization that is going to benefit the transport operators and reduce congestion in city centres. Our guest today has been Mike Sussman. Many thanks, Mike, for your expert insights into what is a fascinating topic. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Don't forget to tune into the next Flowbird podcast for industry insights into the future of public transport. Thanks for listening.